Welcome to the Learning Capacity Podcast, where we explore stories from around the world. We hear from educators, parents, students, entrepreneurs and scientists about innovations that help make learning easier and more successful. I'm your host, Peter Barnes. Today I'm chatting with learning support teacher Moya Gibbs-Smith. Moya has used most of the well-known remedial reading programs to help her students who were struggling to learn to read. She said all the programs had merit, but there was one which stood out for her. She says it was like doing it on steroids. It was just so much quicker, so much more effective. In this episode, Moya describes her journey from a young, reluctant teacher to a passionate remedial reading teacher. You'll hear her tell what her standout program is and why she is so passionate about its ability to help struggling students. Hello, Moya. So you're a learning support teacher. That's right, Peter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and how long have you been a learning support teacher? Um, I've been a learning support teacher for about 11 years now. Um, In actual fact, though, I never really wanted to be a teacher. At all. (laughs) Well, you didn't want to be a teacher, and yet 11 years later, you're still a teacher. I'm still a teacher, and I'm still loving it. So Um, how did that happen? Well, it was my mother who wanted me to be a teacher, but uh, I was very reluctant. And, in fact, although I did my teacher training, I left teaching very shortly after I became a teacher and instead became a nurse and spent um, a number of years nursing, in fact, a whole decade nursing, Eventually, I ended up in nurse education, and I was a diabetes educator. Um, And then I spent another decade having my family, and then I wanted to go back to work. And it was at that point that I was offered a job as a teacher's aide, teacher assistant, in my children at my children's school. So I did that for a number of years, and sitting at the back of the classroom or sitting with an individual child who was having some learning difficulties, I thought to myself, I reckon I could do this. <laughs> so so I, um, I approached uh, the Department of Education and said, uh, can I, because I, I was high school trained, and I said, can I become a primary school teacher? They said, sure, you're four-year trained, you can teach primary school. So I just started off as a casual teacher at a primary school, and I was hopeless. <laughs> completely hopeless at it. I very quickly realised I didn't know what I was doing. So I then started trying to find out how to be a good teacher of primary school children. And I particularly like little kids and I loved, my passion is reading. I love reading. I love everything to do with literature. And so that's really where I wanted to focus my attention. I wanted to teach little children to read so that they could have as much fun as I had from it. So you've been doing that, teaching little children to read for the last 11 years? Uh, no, longer than that, actually. Yeah, um, Longer than that. But when, from, <clears throat> from the time that I realised I didn't know what I was doing, I then took myself off. And the first course that I did was Spalding. Um, you may have heard that yes. name. Oh, yes. Um, a very reputable um, method of teaching children um, the basics of reading, um, based on the Orton-Gillingham model. Yes. Uh, that was two weeks in the Christmas holidays uh, from nine till four and three hours of homework every night. So 
Like a crash course. A crash course. Yes. And that was... An intensive. A very intensive. And for me, everything about it was brand new because I had been a high school teacher and now suddenly I was learning about phonics and so everything that I was presented in that course was brand new. And I could honestly say that there's been barely a day that's gone by since where I haven't used some part of the Spalding training. So that the, you mentioned phonics, yeah. the, the reading wars. Have you, oh. have, have you taken a side on the reading wars? Um, I probably sit somewhere in on the fence, actually, because luckily I was a child who was taught phonics um, in primary school. And then I saw firsthand some of the young teachers coming through who hadn't been taught phonics and I could see that they were missing out on things. And yet at the same time, there's something to be said for whole language too. I think there's different ways for teaching different kids. Some things work better for one child and some things work better for another. But I do believe that you need a basic grounding of phonics and then you need some wonderful experiences with language and literature and drama and the whole bit as well. So I guess that puts me on the fence. Okay. So in in your time as a remedial reading teacher, Mm -hmm. I guess that's what we're talking about here, uh, did you, 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 it sounds like you blended those two approaches. Is that correct? Uh, Yes. And I went on to do other courses that interested me. uh, I trained as a multi-lit provider. Uh, then I did the Davis Dyslexia course, and I learned Letterland uh, by using it with another teacher who was training me up in that. And all of those approaches all had merit. Um, in fact, at my last school, we we had a couple of students who were really not succeeding. They were coming into a small group class that I ran three times a week to improve their literacy. They were kids in uh, first class. And these two little guys just weren't making any progress at all. And so my principal came to see me and she said, what's happening with Robbie and Nicholas? And I said, "Mm, gee, I don't know. I'm, I'm doing everything I normally do. Then she went away and I thought about it and I thought, these children are not going to learn to read unless they get reading practice five days a week. So from that point, we started and we set up a reading scheme before school. We used to call it early birds. And it was staffed by parents and by volunteers. And every morning before school, we would see up to 15, 16 children of the morning for a half an hour, 20-minute lesson using the multi-lit program. And it was one child to one tutor on a set program. And once we did that, we started to see the children progress in their reading. Wow, that, that's that's great to hear. That. that that was big a load on teachers and parents, so one-to-one one one It was massive. School. It was massive. It was like running a whole class with lots of, yeah, heaps of people in the room coming and going. Once they finished one child, they might start another child or they might head off. Parents bringing their children and tutoring their own child or if, if that didn't work because of the parent-child combination, a tutor would tutor their child and they'd take somebody else. And, of course, I had to train all the tutors 
in the multi-lit system. And, yeah, it was a lot of work, and we did that for three years. Um, then what happened is my husband retired, and uh, he was at home going a bit blue mouldy, so he decided to go back to university. And he went back and he did his Diploma of Education. So then, of course, we've got a man who's 63 years old and wants to teach full time. But he's a brand new out teacher, brand new teacher. So you had some advice for him, did you? (laughs) Go west, young man. So we went out to parks and we bought an old house out there because that was my dream. I wanted to do up an old house and he wanted to be a full time teacher. So shortly thereafter, we both landed jobs at um, a Catholic school at Forbes. And that's where my journey with Fast Forward began. Because we had, in year seven, a child come to the school called Lachlan, and Lachlan was a very unusual student. Nobody really knew what to make of him. Um, And one day the principal came to me, sort of bumped into each other, and he said to me, because I was working part-time in learning support at the school, he said, what are we going to do about Lachlan? And I said, well, brother, there is a program that I know about. I hear it's very good, but I've never tried it, and that was fast forward. So he said, okay, find out about it, which I did, and then presented that to the executive, and he made the decision to implement it in the school. So the first year we had 20 students. The second year we had 50 students. And for my money, I would have liked every child coming through the gate to have two terms of Fast Forward. Wow, why why is that? Fast Forward was doing what we were doing at my old school in the before school early birds class, but it was like doing it on steroids. It just was so much quicker, so much more effective. So the labour intensity wasn't there because the kids do the program on the computer The program is matched to the individual child. So if a child makes three mistakes in a row, the program drops down and makes the next question easier because it aims to keep them in that sweet spot of learning where they're challenged but not overwhelmed. So every child is on an individual program just for themselves. They're sitting at their computer. They would have headphones on. I would darken the room because I found I'd pull the curtains down, turn the lights out because I found the dark room was less distracting to the children. And and they would work solidly for 50 minutes. I would be the only adult in the room. And I'd look around and I think this program is amazing. It's amazing that one teacher can have this many children working hard on a program designed just for them. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, <laughs> what do the other teachers think? Here's you in this, this dark room <laughs> with all, all these kids with headsets on, no noise, I presume, and you wandering around. Yeah, yeah, I would just wander around and I would check on the children. Each afternoon I would look at all their results and write them a note for what they needed to start on the next morning or something to keep an eye out for or put your hand up when you get to this exercise and I'll come and give you a hand. So I could just wander around to each, you know, to to spend a little bit of time with each child in the class. Um, 
As far as implementing it in the school, it wasn't all easy sailing. There were, when you introduce anything new to a school, there are going to be people who um, are reactionary. They just don't like change. They don't like anything new. And and there were some people like that at the school that I was at. And then there are others who jump on board, are encouraging, begin to see that it's working. And that was that was the really fantastic thing when I would have teachers and parents come up to me and tell me how it was helping their children. Right. But this this wasn't teaching them to read though, was it? This is you still need teachers. Oh, absolutely. This does not replace teachers. This is about preparing the brain to learn. It changes, it actually physically changes their brains. It doesn't specifically teach them things. It improves their ability to learn. Mm. Mm. And and we saw that. Like I remember one teacher coming up to me and saying she had given her class an assignment. Uh, it was an in-class assignment. And one of her students, a boy on the Fast Forward program, had never, ever written more than a sentence for her. He handed in half a page. She was amazed and she sent she sent me his work so I could have a look at it. Yeah, we we saw some well, we saw miracles happen. We really did. Well, there was um one girl whose dad had told me that she was in year eight, and every afternoon she'd get home, and there they'd ask her to do a homework, and there'd be tears and a meltdown. And after she started the fast forward program, that behaviour eased off and finally stopped. And the thing that struck me is when he said. The blank screen look has gone from her face. In other words, she was finally starting to understand speech at nor at a normal speed. She understood. She began to understand everything she heard, rather than just about a third of what she heard. Mm. So she <clears throat> she she had some sort of auditory processing difficulty. Oh yes. Uh, yes, I would mm. imagine mm. that mm. that was the mm. issue. And mm. after she. Uh, did the fast forward program and she, she was one of those students who would come in, do her work, really get through it, you know, like she applied herself to the program. Um, and it made an enormous difference to her. It changed her life. Mm. Yeah. I mean, every child that you were working with on this program wouldn't have had auditory processing disorder. No, no, no there was, and look, we didn't have a specific, we didn't have a specific way to decide who would go on the program, really. The first year when we knew nothing about it and we were just beginning, I went to the learning support team and basically said, who have you got? Who do you think would benefit from this program? And so we took sort of the children who were finding schoolwork really tough. The next year, we changed our model a little bit. And I went to all the teachers and said, who have you got? that you think is stronger than they're able to show you. So they're the sort of kid, they're maybe quiet sitting in the classroom, they're, they try, but they never, ever get very good results. And those are the kids, I think, that, that this could really make a huge difference to. And what happened? In the second year? Yeah, when you put those kids on. Yes, yeah, we we saw big changes. I remember there's there was a mum at the school. She had twin boys, 
And the first year, well, when these twins came into the school, so they were in year seven, that first year that I ran the class, and she said, please, one of my twins is weaker than the other. She said, I'm really worried about him. He's got learning difficulties. The other twin is fine. So we started with the twin who was weaker, and he did two terms of fast forward. By the Christmas holidays, his brother was asking to do fast for work because he realised that he was losing his advantage. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mm. So uh, comparing fast for word to those other interventions you mentioned you'd trained on earlier on, mm-hmm. what's your fix on how, how do they compare? <laughs> All of the programs that I have used in the past have been excellent programs. I you know, I have nothing but positive things to say about them. But fast forward is quicker. It's quicker. It's more direct. It gets to the root of the problems. It fixes the brain rather than trying to try, instead of just trying to teach reading, which is a great thing, this actually gets to the underlying causes of the reading difficulty. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you were to give advice to other learning support teachers who are struggling to achieve big improvements in their cohort of students, what would you say would be the best approach? I I have no hesitation in recommending fast forward. Um, some people might think initially that it's expensive, and I did. I know I thought it was expensive initially. By the time I had used it for the second year, I was thinking this program is as cheap as chips for what you get. It is amazing. So, you know, it's a case of what do you spend your precious, you know, money, the school money on? And if you want the most effective program, in my opinion, this is it. Mm. Well, thank you, Moya. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Learning Capacity Podcast, brought to you by LearnFastHQ.com, delivering the world's best evidence-based solutions for learning since 1999. Head over to our website to read a transcript of the podcast. Go to LearnFastHQ.com, that's L-E-A-R-N-F-A-S-T-H-Q.com, and click on Podcast in the menu at the top of the page. And don't forget to subscribe in your listening app so you don't miss hearing any of the interesting discussions about learning, teaching and education.